and welcome to our next episode of One Cardinal, One Cub, and One Beer, brought to you by nothing. We don't have a sponsor yet, but we are, I, I sent JJ the image of what we're going to use uh, for some advertisement, and I've got to say it looks very mediocre, so that's as good as we can do, so I'm very, very <laughs> proud of the mediocrity that I've created. Um, remember to follow us on Facebook on uh, Twitter, like us on Facebook. You can contact us at one card, one cup, one beer at gmail.com. Also make sure that you support us through Patreon. Go to patreon.com and type in one cardinal, one cup, and one beer, and you will find us and you can support our Patreon uh, page for as little as $3 a month. Every penny does help. And we are starting to put that to use uh, in doing some advertising. And remember, if you would like to um, subscribe to our page. If you are one of those faithful people who actually watch our YouTube channel, please hit the button for those of you on Mac and PC at the bottom right of the corner. I've gotten really good at, uh, you're very uh, good at that. I, I want to tell you, JJ, I did the, uh, uh, I did the contest, uh, last week and I, I forgot the mug, so I can't show you the mugs. Uh, but if you hit, did not watch last week's episode, watch the beginning. You can see the mugs that are available. And Very if, nice. I've had three guesses. And the question is, who was my first favorite player? And two of the guesses were Dave Kingman. He was my favorite player at one time, but he wasn't my first favorite player. And one oh. person actually said B.B. Richards. <laughs> so, he He never played for the Cubs, but maybe in my mind, as I become older and uh, have a little more problems mentally, maybe I'll put in my mind that B.B. Richards was a Cub and was my favorite player. I don't know. But I, I am going to get ahead. I want you to think batting titles, batting titles. My first uh, okay. favorite player for the Cubs, the big hint is batting titles. And uh, you can contact me through the um, podcast, just leave a comment on the podcast or you can leave a comment on the uh youtube channel or you can contact me directly or you can email at one card one cup one beer gmail.com you can contact jj but the first person who gets us right gets their choice of a cardinal coffee mug or a cup coffee mug one of a kind thing so jj how are you doing really good i would have said dave kingman too if I remembered right, I thought that's who it was, but I so I would have been wrong as well. But I think I know who it is now. But I'm I'm not allowed to play, so I'm doing good. Uh, it's the seventh week. Um, a lot of things happening in baseball. A lot of rivalries. It's just getting good out there in baseball land. And we have the greatest viewers and listeners. The one cardinal, one cup, one beer. One of my uh, one of the listeners who's a friend. Uh, is from Michigan, and he sent me an Ernie Hartwell autographed ball. Ooh, wow! That's pretty cool. Yeah, Ernie Hartwell. I believe he uh, he was the main announcer for the Detroit Tigers for forty two years. Yeah. So I told him I will give it a nice place to to stay. I got a lot of autograph. I got about twenty one autographed balls now, and Ernie Hartwell is my twenty first. So I'm very very proud of that. Thank you. Well, in baseball news and Cardinal news, uh, the sad passing of Rick Hummel. And for a lot of us before cable television, we read the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. 
and uh, Hummel was the beat writer for the Cardinals uh, for a long time. It was uh, 1971 to 2022. Uh, he took over for Bob Bragg, who was another Hall of Famer. Both Hummel and Bragg were Hall of Famers. And Bragg, even after he retired, would come on KMOX and have a few things to say. And Hummel, anytime you'd see spring training games, he would be there at, at, with a little uh, old spiral notebook asking questions. Way back in the late 70s, I first saw him through the 80s, always there at the press conferences and everything. They called him the commish. That was his nickname because he knew so much about baseball and uh, just a big part of baseball lore. And we're losing that. Those guys from the 60s, 70s, they're all uh, leaving us. But Rick Hummel was great. He retired last year and then he passed away this year. So he will be missed and uh, always enjoyed that guy. Other things in Cardinal news, Nolan Gorman was player of the week. And uh, I have to say, he just, he's really been a blessing. Um, he doesn't play full time. And I, for somebody who doesn't watch every Cardinal game, you just see highlights of Nolan Gorman. Sometimes he just comes off the bench and hits home runs or does something very productive for the team. Um, but uh, this kid has been fantastic this year and, he doesn't play all the time, so I don't know if success is because Ollie's knowing how to use him and putting him in key situations, or he's just so good that when he does get to play, something positive happens. So right now, everything seems to be working out fantastic for him. But this week, he's only 23 years old, too. A lot of people forget about that. He was our number one draft choice. This week, he went 11 for 24 with four home runs, a double, 11 RBIs. And that's what I call a fantastic week right there. And he played a he plays a good defense too at second and third base. You're really not losing anything by having him on the team. Um, Adam Wainwright, since he's been back, the team has just been red hot. And last night he pitched in Cincinnati. Didn't have a great start, but he got the win. So he's won two games since he's been back. So he's up to 197 wins. He's three away from that magic 200 which only two other Cardinal pitchers have done, which is, of course, the great Bob Gibson and Jesse Pop Haynes. And hopefully, if everything goes okay, Adam can get those three more and be the third in that 200 club. But he was talking, he was, it was, it was refreshing to hear him say this. He said he does not like pitching in Cincinnati. It's the devil's lair. He said they bloop a hit here. And the next thing you know, he gives up an extra base hit. Then they're knocking one out of the park. And uh, he's not, he's not done too well in Cincinnati. It was just fun hearing him say that because if somebody said that about Bush Stadium, I'd get a kick out of that. You know, he's really just saying it's tough to beat the Reds in Cincinnati. But uh, since he's come back, the Cardinals are 12 and four. And uh, last I heard, the Cardinals weren't doing good tonight. So it looks like it's going to be 12 and five, but they're just playing much, much better. We're in fourth place now. We passed the Reds and we're almost neck and neck with those Cubbies. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Um, this week, we have at one time we were 10 and 24 and 10 and a half games out. And now we're 22 and 28 and five and a half games out. Uh, and I tell you what, in this stretch, we played some tough teams. I mean, we've had the Cubs. We had the last game with Detroit, the Cubs, Boston, the Brewers, the Dodgers and the Reds. Uh, the Reds are maybe a little lesser than the others, but we're having a problem with the Reds. But this week uh, we took the last game against the Brewers we took three out of four against the Dodgers. And I think the Dodgers are one of the best teams in the National League. Of course, we went out there earlier in the year and they swept us. 
So uh, I was happy to get those three out of four wins. Our bats are just on fire. Our starting pitching's shaky at best. And then we split the first two games with Cincinnati in a four-game series. And then tonight doesn't look good. And then we play them tomorrow about 11 o'clock in the morning. So that's where we're at right now. And uh, next week, we're going to Cleveland. And they're struggling right now. And then we have two home games against Kansas City over Memorial Day weekend. And uh, on paper, Cleveland and Kansas City look like teams that we should do okay against. But it's baseball. Anything can happen. And uh, one last thing, Vince, I always look at the uh, pitching, hitting, and fielding. And right now in the National League, as of today, uh, the Cardinals are the third best hitting team in the National League with a 263 batting average. But the Cubs are are fourth with a 262. And then the best hitting, you know who the best hitting team in the National League is right now? I it, I would have never thought of this team. You got an idea? Could be the Marlins. It's the Arizona Diamondbacks. Ah, uh, who see, I, I thought with with the rise hitting. Oh yeah, so, he's on fire. Yeah, yeah. So. But Arizona as a team is hitting two sixty six. I know the, the only player I know is they've got that uh, rookie of the year kid that's real fast. That's an outfielder. But uh, anyway, so they're the best, and the worst hitting team is the San Diego Padres as of today. I would have never thought that with the four all-star players they have. But uh, that's baseball for you. Pitching, the Cardinals are eighth. We were 11th for a while, so we've creeped up to eighth, but we're still not really. Our ERA is 4.34. The Cubs are fourth best pitching. So congratulations, the Cubs. Fantastic pitching. But the best pitching team, you care to guess who the best pitching team is in the National League? The Dodgers? Good. They're up there. That's Atlanta Braves. Atlanta Braves with a 3.64 ERA. They are the best pitching team as of this moment. And fielding, the Cardinals are fourth. The Cubs are sixth. But the Cubs actually passed us up. They got right even with us in the name. They, they fell back to sixth. We're fourth. And the best fielding team right now in the National League is the San Diego Padres. The Padres are the best. The worst fielding team in National League is Atlanta Braves. So they got the best pitching and the worst fielding percentage-wise, anyway, wow. in the National League. So it's a open. It's going to be a great season, guys. Nothing's for sure. The, the the last place team could sweep you, and you could come out there and sweep, you know, Atlanta Braves or the Dodgers or somebody like that. So it's going to be fun. So that's it from Cardinal Land, Vince. Do you remember a player named Greg Pryor from the seventies? Was he a White Sox? Played for the White Sox. He played for the Royals. A utility infielder. Uh, they had a suspended game that they had that they started like at 1030 in the morning before a day game. And they asked him what it was like to play that early in the morning. He said it was weird. I still had the cereal on my taste on my breath. And that's what I think about when I think about 11 o'clock games. It's just too early. It's too early. Oh, they're probably getting there. Uh, so when you said they play at 11, I yawned. Oh, yeah. I, I, I have to have lunch before a baseball game, let me tell you. <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, having tomorrow off, I'm sure I'll I'll have the uh, Cardinal game on. Well, for the Cubs this week, we went two and three. Um, we lost the final in Houston, to So the Astros finished off the sweep last Wednesday. 
Then we went to Philadelphia. We went one and two. And then last night we we ripped the Mets at the beginning of the homestand. Um, we are currently ahead three to two uh, in the fifth inning against the Mets. So Very good. for those of you who hate the Mets, which is everybody except my cousin, Mark. <laughs> Mark, we don't get that. Um, uh, hopefully we can, we can turn around. We've had a really tough stretch after playing so good and we we we're still not done with this first third where it's really rough so hopefully we can stay in there we're saving graces that no one's decided they're going to take the central by the horns and just just run with it so um i mean if we hang in there uh, through the rough stretch maybe we'll get a little better we do our our both pen is uh, in shambles at this point um there's nobody we can rely upon for the later innings well there's one that i would like to see uh uh, Estrada, I'd like to see us try to put him in the late innings, and he did. They put him in a high leverage situation yesterday with the bases loaded, nobody outs, and uh, he got out of it with uh, giving up uh, a run. It was charged to uh, Smiley, but he did get out of it. So hopefully, we can see him some, in some high leverage situations. You know, who the best hitter in baseball is right now, best hitter on the planet, the Marlins, uh, uh, the best hitter on the planet right now. Uh, uh, well, who is right it now. right now it's christopher morrell really huh? listen to this all now, right christopher, christopher morrell i wanted him to come north um because suzuki was on the uh injured list and morrell can play anywhere on the diamond he can play third he can play second he can play some short he can play center he can play right and last year he hit 16 home runs in part-time uh duty he strikes out a ton and he can also steal a few bases, but he strikes out a ton. So they sent him to the minors. In his time in Iowa, he hit 11 home runs and was batting 370-something. He was way up there. So, okay, uh, Bellinger has to go on the injured list, and we bring up Burrell. He's had 12 games with the Cubs, 52 at-bats, he has, in excuse me, uh, uh, in 52 at-bats, he has 17 hits. So he is hitting 367. Wait a minute. I, I got that wrong. 49 at-bats, he has 17 hits, which means he's hitting 367 since his call-up. Wow. He scored 18 runs in 12 games. He has hit nine home runs in these 12 games. Only Mike Schmidt has had a better run of 12 games. Uh, to start a season, and this is the start of his season. He has driven in 15 runs in 12 games. He has a 367 average, a 404 on base percentage, a 980 slugging percentage, and his his OPS right now is 1.383. Right now, he's the best hitter on the planet. And as I said last week, at that point last week, he had four home runs. He's up to nine. I said his four home runs if we have totaled about 1,600 feet. He's not hitting cheapies. Not a big guy, but, man, he's got definition. He's got a fast bat. He's still striking out a ton. But you know what? When you hit nine home runs in 12 games, who cares if you strike out a lot? That's right. I was surprised. He, 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 he At the beginning of this game, he hit a long drive that went foul. And I thought, man, he's going to do it again. It's almost stupid how he it's it's like a video game right now how he's playing his 
Um, start is the hottest start in Cub history. Um, as far as pure slugging. Um, and it's just a lot of fun to watch him. If you've not watched Christopher Morrell, he can go 0 for 4 with four strikeouts, or he can go 4 for 4 with two home runs. He's still a very happy-go-lucky guy. He is just Mr. Enthusiasm. He's good to have on the, the team. And this we are we're not even into June yet. His minor league season combined with his major league season this year, he's already hit 20 home runs. It's wow. just amazing. So uh, because we have the panel that we're going to get to uh, in just a few moments here, uh, we did an abbreviated opening. Um, but I, I do want to let you know, in two weeks, we will not have an episode. Uh, Max and I, we are we're leaving and we're, we're going to watch a game in Pittsburgh. Then we're going to go to Cooperstown for the Hall of Fame. Then on the way back, we're going to watch a Guardians game. Um, so we're kind of making a, a, a baseball loop. And uh, because of that, I, I can't edit because believe it or not, I don't have a laptop. I just have a PC, so I can't take this and edit it. It takes some time. So uh, we're just not going to have an episode in two weeks. And uh, then when we come back, I'll have some uh, some montage of what me and Max did. That's going to be cool. But, uh, so uh, mark it on your calendars in two weeks. So we won't be here, but we'll be back. We'll, we'll be here next week. Won't be here in two weeks, then three weeks we'll be back. So that's awesome. JJ, are you ready for our panel? I'm should ready for get, our panel. Should we get these four gorgeous gentlemen in? Oh, yeah. Can I see this place up? All right. right Welcome there. to our first panel show. Oh, I, uh, me, JJ, uh, Brody, Max are here. We're the regulars, and we found two men walking the streets and we said do you want to be on a show they said no so we said we will pay you they said sure <laughs> we just didn't tell them that we were liars so um we'll start with brandon brandon tell us a little bit about yourself how you became a baseball fan oh uh i was uh raised mostly in st louis that's uh that's about it that's all you that's all you need to know <laughs> growing up in st louis you become a baseball fan uh from birth you know you're wearing Card, they you bought Cardinal uh, clothing from uh, from a little baby and just became a Cardinals fan. Uh, obviously, when your family is Cardinal fans, you grow up a Cardinal fan. So uh, that'd be about it. I just always loved the sport. I started playing as a little kid, you know, t-ball, and played all the way through uh, little league and sixteen or so. And uh, yeah, but it just always loved the sport. Well, I will dispute something. Max and I both grew up in St. Louis, and we're not Cardinal oh. fans. Oh, no. Yeah, I see that. What happened? What was that? Some of us find God, some of us don't. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Ray, tell us about yourself. How would you become a baseball fan? Well, actually, my uncle started taking me to the games in, like, the middle to late 70s, and that's how I became a fan. And plus, I played kind of like Brandon. I played Little League and Major League and – all that for in the Hillsborough area uh, and just really loved the sport. And, and the only way I knew I could get better was to go watch the pros. And every time I had a chance with my uncles, I would head on up to the stadium and watch the games with him. Very good. Very good. Well, JJ, why don't you get us started? Because you have such uh, insight into your questions. Oh, look at this guy, man. That's love right there. Yeah. 
Well, I tell you what. What's love got to do with it? <laughs> oh, sorry, Tina. I got I got Tina Turner on the mind since she passed. Oh, Tina. Oh. Well, um, the first question is just kind of getting to know each other and getting some of your thoughts on some of this stuff. But I, my first question was, um, the first game you ever attended in person, and do you have any <laughs> memories of that particular game? And kind of a sub question. Do you prefer to go to the park and watch the game or do you rather stay at home and watch it on TV? So that's my first question. Do you remember the first game you went to and what was so memorable about it? What caught your eye in that kind of thing? Uh, you want me to go? Yeah, bring it. Sure. Okay. Yeah, why not? <laughs> uh, I do not remember my first game. I, it just, you know, way too young. I'm sure, you know, uh, Men memories would be uh, cooking in the in the hot temperatures at Old Bush, uh, going with my mother or uh, uncles taking me, uh, grandparents. Uh, I remember uh, coming home, you know, leaving the ballpark and listening to maybe the end of the game if we didn't make it to the end. Always listening to Jack Buck and Mike Shannon on the way home. Um, and then per uh, I love going to live games, but. Uh, regular season I, i'd rather just watch it on tv if it's a playoff game i'd much rather be at the stadium it's just the atmosphere is is just amped up so much more than just your typical you know regular season game unless of course it's a rival rivalry like the uh like the cubs of course you know then, then those are always those are always great those are always good too uh the rivalry games are always good to be at even if it's not playoffs now it must be said that brandon has moved up and he's in the ohio area up around cincinnati uh, yes. Yes. So he goes and catches the Cardinals over yes. at, uh, mm -hmm. I call it Riverfront, but it's America Ballpark or something. A, like a that. lot of them call it Great American Small Park, uh, <laughs> just because the ball flies out of there like uh, nobody's business, as you see, just watching the games here. Oh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, very nice stadium. I love it. And a good ticket is to be had. It looked like they had like 10,000 there last night. It was a big <laughs> crowd. Yeah, I went, well, we went on Monday, and there was maybe 10,000 at most. <laughs> and uh, I would say uh, probably about 7,000 of those were Cardinal fans. So, uh, uh, yeah, the, the team is not very good. I think I know three players on the Reds, uh, and the rest are, I think, straight up from AAA. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's well, my anybody thought. Anybody else got anything to add about your first baseball experience? Uh, well, my first one, I think, was about 1975. I was real young. I can barely remember the details, but I just remember my uncle saying, you know, keep an eye on this guy. And he was talking about Bob Gibson. He was talking about Lou Brock. And I think it was even a young Keith Hernandez was on the team in 75. Um, I remember the ballpark, and it was it was huge and overwhelming for me but you know it was fun to watch the game we never had really great great seats but we had good seats and uh it, 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 it the middle uh 70s is probably my first i want to say 75 is probably my first game ever um and as for w watching games i i attend about six a year uh just whenever i can get tickets at a at decent price i'll go you know take the family head on up there and watch a game but I'm more of a radio guy. I like listening to it over the radio more than I do even watching it on TV. I'll sit out in the garage and just chill with a drink and listen to it on the radio. They had great announcers through the years, too. Yeah. I know what you're talking about there. Max, you got any thoughts on your first game you attended? Well, for my first game, I mean, uh, I remember very little of it. I was only about five or six. 
actually, I went on to baseball reference uh, a couple months back and I actually found the box score for it, but mm. it was Giants versus Cubs at Wrigley Field. And uh, all I can remember thinking was, you know, why are these guys called the Giants? You know, they seem pretty normal sized. I mean, <laughs> uh, compared to little five, five-year-old Max, I mean, they were quite large people, but uh, fun fact, uh, Barry Bonds did go deep that day and uh, the Cubs did end up winning, but I remember none of that. So <laughs> I remember that game when Barry Bonds would come up and all the booze would rain down. Uh, you and Violet were like, uh, why are they booing him? You'll, you'll understand when you get older. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I understand now. <laughs> yeah, you're correct. Do you like the do you like the ballpark experience or watching it on TV better? <clears throat> I love the ballpark experience. Uh, I've actually gotten to go to a game so far this year. I've been very busy. But, uh, I mean, obviously it depends on where I'm at because, you know, I'm in school most of the time. But, you know, I also just love watching a game on the couch, just sitting down, you know, just coming back from classes. You know, if it's an afternoon game, just sitting down and just, you know, uh, getting annoyed by David Ross and his poor managerial decisions, stuff like that, you know, <laughs> standard Cubs fan stuff. But I uh, love the ballpark experience. Love hot dogs. Does St. Louis amazing. treat you guys nice? Does it treat if you guys go in your Cubs? Uh, no, really? really? Oh, <laughs> wow! I'm glad to hear that. It's good natured. It's good natured. <laughs> um, I've worn it once on this show. I've got a red uh, Cub jersey, and it says Cubs across it. And I like wearing that to Bush Stadium because people will look at it and they'll go, because they'll think it's a Cardinal shirt. Oh, Cubs. And I said, yeah, I figured, figured you wouldn't realize because most Cardinal fans can't read. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh -oh. Uh -oh. Now, why is a Cardinal fan? So does yeah. she disown you? Like if they start ganging up on you, she's like, oh, who this guy is? <laughs> she disowns me for a lot of reasons. So. <laughs> now, poor Max didn't stand a chance, apparently, with you as his father. The, that's uh, why yeah, he's a Cubs fan, I guess. Horrible. Brainwashed, poor kid. <laughs> Now, Brody is our youngest uh, here on the panel. And do you remember your first uh, baseball experience going to a game? Uh, yeah, I do. I want to say it was like 15 or 16, 2015 or 16. And uh, I was terrified of heights back then, by the way. So uh, uh, so our, our seats got too high for my liking. So so me and my mom went down. Brand, uh, baseball Village was brand new at this time. So we went down in there and we watched Baseball Village. And I remember it was Carlos Martinez pitch. And um, somebody hit a big home run. I, I couldn't tell you who it was at the time. Uh, but, the, you know, the, the sirens were going off. And I remember all that, that cool stuff. Uh, we had Rams cheerleaders coming by and all that. Uh, and Ted Cruz. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> the Rams. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was back then. So. It was it was a little while ago. Well, my my first game was seventy six. This is how old I am. I'm the mm. oldest here. Seventy six Mother's Day. I remember it was like yesterday. This was like, you know, a baptism for me. It was like a I, I was I have become an awakened, and we were in the bleachers at Old Bush Stadium. Coming up, it was the Astros Cardinals, and the Astros had those rainbow jerseys of the seventies. Coming up there and all the color, how green the grass was, how white the uniforms were, how bright the Astros uniforms were. I could give you the starting lineups. The Cardinals lost two to one. Bob Watson hit a home run over Lou Brock's head. But I just thought it was an honor. I could see Lou Brock play ball because all those years of listening to him on the ball on the 
radio broadcast, there he was live and in person, you know, out in left field. Mm -hmm. And uh, all those great Astro players, too. It was Larry Durker versus John Curtis. That's all I can really remember. It's two to one. And uh, man, that was it. Was, I was hooked. I was already a baseball <laughs> fan at that point anyway, but that really set me to the next level. And I prefer with the TV experience and the crowds and everything, I like to go to the ballpark, like Ray said, about six times a year. That's about good for me. But with the experience on, at home now, it's fantastic. You can see everything and they cover every angle. It's pretty nice watching it at home now. That's what I like. And, and uh, Vince, you got any thoughts on yours? I, I think I had the best first baseball game experience, uh, 1977. We're playing the Dodgers. Uh, Steve Yeager hits a grand slam. The Dodgers are up four to one. We come back. They bring in Roboski to pitch in the uh, uh, top of the ninth. And uh, we get a runner on. We're down four to three. We Cardinals are down four to three. And uh, Roger Freed comes up to pinch hit and hits one out and walks us home. And I thought, wow, they're all going to be like this. And uh, I like going to the ballpark. Um, but I much prefer to watch it, watch the game on TV, um, because clothing is optional there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can, you can do that at the ballpark. You might get a little <laughs> trouble, though, or something like that. Well, that was pretty cool. So I thought that was a good question to start with to kind of get to know everybody and our experiences and our fandom for, for baseball, and just in general. Not just the Cubs and the Cardinals, but baseball in general. Uh, Vince, did you want to ask the next question? Sure. Um, when I was a kid, the stats that I looked up to, to gauge how good a hitter was, was batting average and RBIs. And for a pitcher, it was earned run average. In today's game, those numbers don't have quite the importance that we have now with analytical stats. So I want to ask you, what stat do you think is most telling of the success of a hitter and what stat, one stat, mind you, do you believe is most telling of the effectiveness of a pitcher? Hmm. Kind of a thinker. Hmm. While, while you think, I'll tell you my answers. Um, we now know that RBIs are really a product of, that. it's a team stat, more or less, where you bat, who's on base, so on and so forth. So I don't give a whole lot of credence to RBIs anymore. Batting average, I do to a degree, but now we know that on-base percentage is really a better stat to gauge how effective they are getting on, a particular player is getting on base. With pitching, earned run average can be a little skewed depending upon your defense, um, depending upon the ballpark you pitch in. So the stat that I like for a pitcher is whip. Uh, walks, hits per nine innings. So that's kind of the stats that I lean on now. Well, with the hitter, I didn't tell you, it's it's OPS, on-base plus slugging, is what I use to really gauge a hitter. And more is kind of in there with both of these categories, with pitchers and hitters. So what do you think? What stats hmm. do you like? Hmm. Uh, I can tackle this one. Um, I think it's every stat has its use. It's like they're, they're tools, you know, and – you know, tools, uh, they have their own specific uses. You can't take, you know, a jackhammer and use it to, you know, get a lug nut off or anything. But, you know, everything is useful in its own right. Uh, even stuff like RBIs, even though, you know, 
maybe modern sabermetrics that don't like that. I think RBIs are a great indicator of, you know, clutch. You know, if you have a ton of RBIs, it means you're getting hits with people in scoring position, you know, or you're driving yourself in with home runs, stuff like that. So really there's no like, it's like one stat to rule them all, in my opinion. Uh, in my opinion, stuff that's like easy to see, like OPS plus, where it's just 100 is league average. You know, a guy who's got a 130 OPS plus, you know, he's doing pretty well. WRC plus is park adjusted, which is also nice, but it's really just kind of whatever you prefer at this point. What do you prefer with pitchers? Uh, for pitchers, I mean, kind of the same deal. ERA plus uh, FIP, I think, is pretty solid. Uh, my one gripe with people use FIP is in Cy Young voting. I don't like when people use FIP because it's a predictive stat, you know. Just if a guy had like a, a 1.75 ERA and like a three FIP, that guy's still a Cy Young winner, you know, because he pitched to this level. You know, he probably won't recreate that next year, but he did this. You know, he went out and he shoved for, you know, this stretch of time. So and ERA and FIP, or I guess ERA plus and FIP would be my two uh, answers to that. Hmm. I, I'm going to say, and this is... I think availability is a big part of the game and I like innings pitched. I, I think if you're successful, you'll be out there more. I think uh, Sandy Alcantara, there was a, quite a few guys last year. He had the complete games, but the innings pitched, he was way out ahead of those. And uh, it was just the team leaned on him. Uh, he could, and innings pitched for a pitcher, you get to save that bullpen. As we can see with Steven Matz, our bullpen has to pitch like six Six innings a game when Stephen Vance is out there, and he's killing us. And so uh, nowadays, if you can just go six, five, and a third, that seems like a major accomplishment. So these guys that go seven, eight innings, it's just so valuable, and it refreshes the team. Especially, uh, I'm on a, I, you know, I, everything I talk about is Cardinal centric, but if we're on a 19 game stretch right now, and the bullpen is just starting to get worn out. And these starters just aren't going very long. So inning pitch is so valuable to me. It just means you, you're our best bet to get the job done out there. And as far as hitting, I do like on-base percentage because I do like it includes the walks and the hits. And um, I think our best players, we've got a lot of outfielders and a lot of infielders. But I really like um, Brendan Donovan. That guy gets a 3-2 count every time up there. He works the pitcher, and he, he works a lot of walks, and that is so valuable, and his walk-to-strikeout ratio is fantastic. So I kind of lean on, on base percentage for hitters. I really like that, and innings pitch for, for pitchers. I know that doesn't necessarily mean the best pitcher, but it's just a guy that goes out there, a workhorse, and gets the job done, and it helps the team in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of old school when it comes to the stats on pitching and batting. I I really prefer ERA to be low. Um, like JJ said, inning pitched is very important, but having a having a low ERA is 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 like my go to. And with the batting, it's the the average. Uh, you know, anything over three hundred, <clears throat> that you're you're golden in my book. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm a, I agree with Ray. That's that's uh, exactly what I was going to say is batting average is huge for, I mean, you just look at the average, you you know, kind of what the hitter's about and, uh, you know, walk to strike out, obviously, with them also. And if I'm looking at pitching, I'm uh, ERA, win, loss, you know, that's going to tell you how really how good of a pitcher, you know, a lot of times. Um, I think baseball analytics, I think 
nowadays it's gone just over the top it's just too much i mean they're they're like oh wow you know that guy hit that ball super hard now yeah it was he it's an out it was right to the shortstop or right to the outfielder man but he hit it hard it's like what, what does that stat mean it means nothing to me i mean he just he just got it you know he's out he's he's not on base uh i just think it's over they overanalyze everything nowadays and i think it affects the way managers even manage the game and manage pitchers and uh, you know, what does the stat say? How, how is this pitcher going to go against this batter? And so they go off the analytics versus, you know, how is this guy doing moment by moment or going, you know, pitching right now? Is he effective? Then I'm going to, you know, leave him in. But, you know, they, they go more off of just the analytics uh, versus the person on the, uh, that's playing, I would say. I say for, <laughs> for pitching, I'm, I'm old school. You know, it's, it's still ERA. You know, I agree with Ray. But uh, but last year with Paul Goldschmidt having what was it like forty like a forty game or forty at bat streak of on like getting on base I think it was forty games he he was on yeah he had a long one yeah it was crazy you know that's that's when I realized that maybe on base percentage is important as a batter because you know you know you don't even have to hit you know get a get a hit you know necessarily you have to have a good eye maybe even just to get on base. You know, and I, I think even just having a good eye increases your 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 value as a hitter other than just being able to bury bonds that thing out of the park, you know. He don't chase either. No, he don't. Yeah, he don't go chase it. Very the outside pitches or anything like that. So we got a little bit of everything on that answer. A little bit. I think, I think managers are – there's a little change in the atmosphere – it went all sabermetrics there for a while, but mm. I think you got your guys like Dusty Baker and Bochi and Sosha and probably David Ross. Mm. Is David Ross kind of more of a gut, how he feels, what he's seeing, that kind of thing, or does he go by our, our He must go by his gut because he doesn't often go by his brain. <laughs> <laughs> he goes by neither. He's got one of those eight balls, uh, magic eight yeah. ball. Uh, the magic eight ball, yeah. It's it's a coin. See the 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 managers you just mentioned, JJ, are older managers. You're right. Bochi, uh, um, Baker, Sosha. In today's managers managerial job, a lot of it is managed by upper management. This is what you will do. And I, I, you know, philosophical differences is what got Schultz fired. I'm sure that was a lot of it because even though he was doing the major leagues, he'd been managing for so long in the minors. He kind of has that old school mentality. And in today's world, who's going to tell Dusty Baker or Bruce Bochy what to do with all their success? Nobody. But the rest of these cats that are out there, a lot of that management is dictated by what upper management is telling them to do for the game. There's, there's, you're, you're still pressing the buttons you think is, you think are right, but you know that upper management is telling you, um, this guy isn't gonna, I, I don't want to see him hit against so-and-so, you know, mm -hmm. there is a lot of that that goes on. Um, Joe Madden, if you read his book, you find out that that's a lot of why he got out of management, you know, aside from the fact he was persistently finishing in the second division with the angels, but he was being micromanaged. And that started with his tenure with the Cubs from upper management, telling him what to do. The game's just changed. And so um, you do have a few of those old school managers left, but not too many. 
That's true. Not too many. Yeah, and I think you're kind of seeing a trend towards uh, kind of like that newer analytics side. Like, I think Kevin Cash is a great example of a manager who's, you know, I don't know if he's, like, he's super young. He's, like, in his early 40s. Um, I mean, he's just one of those guys where I'm sure the front office just, they print out a spreadsheet. He looks at it, and he makes his decisions based on that. And, you know, clearly he's gotten a lot of flack, like uh, pulling Blake Snell in the World Series a couple of years back. But, oh yeah, you know, all that being said, you know, the Rays are one of the most successful teams in baseball over the past few years, despite, you know, uh, plenty of injuries uh, and really being a low payroll team. They've been quite successful with that model. I think the issue comes in where you have other teams that try and kind of emulate that. And then that fails because, you know, they're not the Rays or whatever. Or they're not the Dodgers. They don't have the stuff necessarily. The, the, the. I guess they don't have the process down correctly. Uh, sometimes it's just pure luck too. Who you draft and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Who develops and the developing the part of the players too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, my next question is the big story is the new rules. Yeah, we've got basically three <laughs> new rules. We got the time clock, you know, and uh, the new base, the new bases, and the shift. Uh, are you? What are you guys thinking so far? We're about seven weeks into the season. Um, they're making adjustments. They're still tweaking on the time clock and doing a few things. What do, what do you think about the new rules? Oh, you're oh Max is pro new rules. <laughs> yep, yeah. 100%. 100%. All right. Yeah. Um, uh, what about you, Brandon? What do you think about these uh, new rules? <clears throat> well, let's see. Um, I do like the speeding up of the game somewhat. Um I'm not sure if they have that down or perfected just yet, but uh, I do like where, you know, the batter's not taking, you know, two minutes to clean, you know, stretch his gloves and get his batting gloves all ready. And the Velcro. Then get back the in the Velcro? Box. I don't know. The constant adjustments. I, I do like speeding that up somewhat. Um, I guess something I don't like is I saw in the game I went to on Monday night, which is the uh, extra innings and giving them a runner at second base. I do not, I don't understand that. I mean, that's like uh you know, you're playing a game sandlot ball and you don't have no players. So you throw a guy at second base. It's to me, that just doesn't make sense. I would get rid of that. Um, yeah, I do, I do like, uh, not allowing, um, the shift as far as I never did like where you were, you know, you'd let a shortstop and a third baseman go across the second base bag onto the other side and, and vice versa. I was never, never for that. I thought that was just, uh, even though the hitter should be, you know, good enough to hit the ball the other way. I, I never did like the shift. Um, but, uh, yeah, those would be a couple of my uh, complaints or, or likes. Uh, the bigger base, I don't really uh, care about that. Really, I don't, I don't understand why the base has to be bigger, really. I don't, uh, but that's whatever. Yeah, all right. I haven't really noticed the bases after the first yeah, week. I haven't yeah, really noticed them being any bigger, you know. Yeah, it kind yeah. of, I've adjusted yeah. to it, I guess. Yeah, it was just one. I noticed that they increased the base size. I, what I didn't, I don't understand that one. But hey, I don't think it's a big deal. All right. Well, Ray, you've been watching all these games. What do you think about all these new rules going on? Well, I'm, I'm a fan, like Brandon said, of speeding up the game some, but I am not a fan of like the the time clock in in instances where the the batter is almost ready and he gets penalized. The pitcher automatically gets a strike without even throwing the ball. I that don't make sense to me at all. I just, I get, they want to speed the game up and I get, you know, the, some guys will sit there and like you said, adjust the gloves, adjust the elbow pads, adjust the, 
knee pads or the uh, leg guards and all that other stuff. I totally get that, but maybe they should extend that just a little bit longer because I, like I said, I I seen a, a highlight the other day where the batter was just getting ready to step into the box or whatever, and the time expired, so he got a strike called against him, and the pitcher didn't even have to throw a pitch. And I, I I'm I don't get that. I'm like, he, how does he get a strike and he hadn't even thrown the ball? Um, that's that's my one complaint about the 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 time clock thing. If they could make it just a little bit longer, I mean, they're only right now. I, I believe they're only saving about 30, 35 minutes on each game, so it's knocking it down from three hours down to about two and a half. If you extend that another five seconds for each player, the pitcher and the and the batter, what are you going to lose? You know, 15, 20 minutes. So it's it's I don't see why they couldn't make that adjustment, but I, I get it and, and I understand it. And I'm, I'm adjusting to it. Um, the bigger bases, I haven't really noticed a difference in that. I, it don't affect anything that I've seen so far. Uh, the shift, um, I was a fan of the shift um, only because these guys are playing at a professional level. If, if the players couldn't, the batters couldn't figure out how to adjust and go the other way, then that's on them, you know, and they, they've had, these guys are, we're watching the best of the best, you know, why you can't even bunt one down third base to get on is, is a mystery to me. And once again, but I understand, you know, the shift being taken away, which I've noticed a lot of guys are hitting it right up that hole now where it was. And, and before, you know, that was an easy out for, you know, for guys back, you know, two, three, four years ago, even further back, because that shift's been going for a while now. Um, that's about all I have on the rules. I, I'm okay with all of them. Maybe, like I said, just extending that clock a little bit longer. Uh, what are they doing when it comes to playoffs? Will they still have clocks and penalized batters and ghost runners or whatever and extra innings? I, I can't imagine they're going to have that, right? Do, I, do I don't think the extra innings will be just like norm, like it used to be. Uh, okay. They won't. They won't have it because I don't know if you remember playoff. last year there was there was an Indians game. I forgot who they were playing, but it was like oh, the Rays game. It went like eighteen innings. I watched all of it, and it was just it was insane. I've never oh. seen just such great pitching. <laughs> it was intense. Every at bat was so intense for that eighteen innings. I enjoyed it, and like like you said, I'm glad they don't do that in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, uh, JJ, I'm highly offended. You said Indians. That I, oh, I, mean, man. I should I'm just, sorry. I should just log off now. I'm old. Oh, Can you forgive I'm so an old prepared. man? I'm forgive so hurt. <laughs> I, I forget. I can't keep track. I still say the uh, San Diego Chargers. Oh, I will. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. I'm, uh, I still yeah. say the Chargers. I'm still saying Indians. Go ahead. I still say Washington Senators. <laughs> oh, that's right. He's more the Seattle Pilots. Yeah. He's more than I am. Gonna go watch the Philadelphia A's play. Well, Brody, you being well, what do you think about all these rules? Are, are they doing it in high school too? Is this, uh, is this... I don't believe so. Oh, okay, they're not doing it. In high um, school. You know the the base, the bigger bases. I haven't really noticed like a huge difference in stolen bases. You know. There are a few that's really taken off this year, As a, but it's an I, Oakland A. It's an Oakland A player, so you don't really get to see well, it. You know, you don't know highlights there. But uh, the pitch clock. I, I, the only thing I like about pitch clocks is I've noticed people have found loopholes. Like uh, I think it's a Yankees pitcher. I, I couldn't tell you his name, and he he like swings his leg around and stuff, and oh. it, he he starts his wind up, you know, so they they can't penalize him, but he'll do it for like five seconds and then sling the ball in. Nasty Nestor. Yeah, oh, or uh, I hate to hate on the Cardinals, but Contreras, you know, he gets in the head by keeping that back foot out until 
like seven seconds, and then he puts his foot in before uh before they, they put the, the clock to oh, the he, he has to wait on him to get in there. Right, oh. yeah, he gets in their head. But uh but yeah, you know, that's that's how I feel about it. Well, Vince, what do you think about the new rules? Uh, I I know we talked at the beginning. You you were I think you were excited about the new rules. Yeah, I, I like them all. Um, the games look like they did twenty years ago. I've heard. I don't people. like three hour games, particularly when we're trying to. If you would have asked me five years ago, I I was very traditional. No DH in the National League. Uh, no pitch clock. I had to shift because I realized the sport I love was going to be uh, falling below soccer, major oh. league soccer in popularity <laughs> because we weren't getting a generation watching these games because they would stupidly start the World Series games a quarter till eight and then they would take three and a half hours and kids would miss them. So I like the speeding up of the games and I actually like it more than I thought because it just reminds me of baseball when I was growing up, when the pitcher got the ball and threw it, besides Mike Hargrove, everybody got in the batter's box and was ready to swing. I do like the ghost runner. Um, there is nothing that's more frustrating to me than to be up to watch a baseball game when you got to work in the morning and suddenly that sucker goes 15 innings. I like the ghost runner, get some action, get this game over with. And I do agree in the playoffs, let them play it out. But during the regular season, when the, uh, oh, you got the Marlins playing the Pirates, let's get that sucker over, okay? <laughs> well, Nobody's watching that anyways. <laughs> there's some common sense with the time <laughs> clock. Um, I saw the, in April, there was some players that would go back to old teams and there'd be a big standing ovation, and they'd be celebrating, and they'd hit him with a penalty because there was, they were celebrating the player. Uh, and I've even heard, like, Bob Costas and some people named Louisville, come on, a little common sense. And I think there was one time Alonzo hit a ball down the line, and he was hustling, but he had to run all the way back and get his bat, and he had a pitch clock violation because they started timing him. As soon as they called the foul ball, they started the clock, and he didn't have time to run, get the bat, get back in the box. So now – in May, I haven't seen anything like that. Uh, Freddie Freeman went back to uh, Atlanta, and they had a big applause for him. Contreras went back to Chicago. And, of course, out of respect, the, the team they used to be on, the catcher goes in front of the plate, and they just let the player have their moment. And I like that. I mean, a little common sense with the clock. I heard Adam Wainwright say, though, he wished there was like five more, like Ray was talking about, five more seconds. He said maybe five more seconds. Or let the pitcher have a moment to say time where he can collect his thoughts that the game's kind of getting too fast for him or something like that. I don't know about that. But I do, I I, I didn't even want lights in Wrigley Field, Vince. I didn't even want lights in Wrigley Field. I like tradition. <laughs> yeah, but now that they got lights in Wrigley, all right, it's pretty cool. You know, it takes me a long time to adjust. So uh, I think we're all pretty much in agreement on that. Some of the rules, I, the big basis for safety reasons, every once in a while you'd see a first baseman reach across. I've only seen it like three times in my life, and the runner runs into the first baseman and breaks their arm. I've seen that like three times. But third base, it gives the run, the runner a little somewhat of option to get to the bag because – you know, most of them third baseman completely blocked the bag, and then we got a collision going on. So, uh, anyway, I kind of like the bigger bags, to, or the bigger bags. 
and I haven't even noticed it to be honest with you. So anyway, that's that's it. I, that was a good discussion, guys. I like your thoughts on it. Good input. Thank you, JJ. <laughs> right, I, I'm going to ask a question to uh, to the four Cardinal fans. So Max, you can zone out if you want at this point. <laughs> cool. Um, I'm curious, how much attention do you pay to the Cubs and to the other teams in the division, the league, so on and so forth. And the reason I'm asking this is um, I, I, well, I was in a game in Cincinnati a few years ago and uh, uh, me and my wife were sitting out in the bleachers and I realized that the people who were very vocal really had no idea what was going on with the Chicago Cubs. You know, who's that? Um, uh, Anthony Rizzo. <laughs> so oh. <laughs> how much attention do you really pay to the opposition, in particular the Cubs? Do you just look what the record are, or do you really do you know the players, or are you somewhere in between? Want me to go first? Yeah, sure. Sure. All right. Well, one thing about all of us, we were all in the same fantasy league together. So when you draft, you get to know these players you never mm -hmm. – we all, I believe we all had Cubs on our team at one time or another. You know, when you have 12 teams, you got to grab somebody from every team. You know, I'm not above grabbing anybody. But for me, you know, Vince, I'm a super nerd. There's not a player. There's, every team's got at least one, except for maybe the Oakland A's, have a player that I love. And I keep Ru Ruiz now from the A's. I've got to kept an eye on because that kid looks like he can run like light and he steals already 25 bases. So I guess there is one on every team. And I think. Vince, this is going to sound strange, but I like all of us to succeed because they talk about the Central being like the worst division. And I love it when the Cubs stick it to the Yankees or the, the Padres who went out and spent all that money or the Mets. I love it because I hate the Mets. I'll say that right now. I don't hate the Cubs. It's usually like when you guys are good, we're not so good. When we're good, you guys aren't not so good. Every once in a while, we kind of get on the same thing. And it's so much fun when both teams are so good at the same time, but I, I love, I've been to Cincinnati. I've been to Wrigley. I've been to Milwaukee. Uh, Pittsburgh's the only one I haven't went to, and I can't wait to see some of the videos you guys bring home, but no, I love the tradition, uh, everything. And I, I, uh, I can't say I follow them nightly like I do the Cardinals, but uh, I probably get to really see about three games, um, you know, and if they're on TV, I watch them, you know, I love those blue uniforms with the Cubs. But that's me. I'm kind of a super nerd. I'm not your uh, your average Joe out on the street either. I'm a baseball fanatic. Uh, you want me to go next? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, obviously I'm a diehard Cardinal fan, but uh, growing up, I mean, just the love of baseball. I've always loved baseball, period. So uh, I, it, I always just enjoyed watching the game, watching other teams play. You know, like JJ said, I mean, we had that league. How long was that? Uh, you used to, yeah, you JJ used to get a newspaper and and do all the stats and score our points for our fantasy Every three days before before the <laughs> internet and before all the the computer did it for you, you know. Uh, yeah. So we put our teams together. So by by doing that, yeah, I mean doing a fantasy league that always helps you keep up with players from uh, you know across the country. And uh, yeah, I, I've always followed the Cubs, and and the rivalry is better when both teams are are really good. 
So you you want that, you know, uh, even though you want to beat them every time, uh, you want a good game. You want to see a good game. Uh, yeah, Rizzo, I remember with our fantasy league, I had Anthony Rizzo from his rookie season and had him for a few years, kept him. You know, he was one of my keepers for many years. And, yeah, just uh, uh, I've always followed just just baseball, period. So just, you know, loving, loving the game and, and following both teams. Right. Yeah, I'm you kind have. of the same. I'm kind of the same way as uh, Brandon. I, I, I'll watch the Cubs. I'm not familiar with a whole lot of their players. You know, I, I like the stars that they have. They had, you know, Sosa back in the late '90s, early 2000s. He was fun to watch. Kerry Wood, I loved watching him pitch. It was amazing. <laughs> I know Vince, <laughs> and the, uh, this new guy you guys got. I've been kind of keeping an eye on him. Uh, Morel, I think, is his name. Wow, he is a, he is an all star in my book. That guy is on fire. He's he's a good player. I really like watching him play. And and uh, this may sound weird, but I'm also a huge Yankees fan for the American League. I have my National League team, which is my Cardinals. You know they're mm. they're gonna uh, they're always Amen. gonna be my favorite, and, and they'll win every time. <laughs> but if I watch American League games, I watch the Yankees a lot. I know everybody's laughing in the background. It's all right. <laughs> Uh, but I, I just a, like I'm a Yankees fan. <laughs> I just I just love watching that team. They you know they go out and spend the money and they get the players. You know watching Aaron Judge hit. It's it's you know it's it's just fun to watch. You know it's um, I do watch a little bit of the West Coast games. I like watching the Dodger games every now and then when I can get a chance. Um, East Coast, I, I've always been a Braves. You know when they would come to town, I'd try to get tickets for that game. Chipper Jones was one of my favorites from uh, from Atlanta. So. Uh, yeah, I, I keep track of the Cubs. I don't really follow them, but I like watching their stars because when they, you know, when they got some good players, boy, they're real good. Mm. Good fans too. They got great. They got great following. Uh, I, I respect. I respect the Cub fans because <laughs> when they're not good, they pack the stadium. Like look at Cincinnati. When they're not good, there's nobody. Uh, they're there. losers. Or Kansas City. <laughs> well, what about you, Brody? Uh, well. I'll be honest with you, the only reason I really follow the Cubs is because right now they're ahead of us by like one game, isn't it? Half, I think a half. <laughs> a half game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so you know, uh, you know, I I like to see you guys succeed when we're ahead. So, you know, uh, but uh, but yeah, you know, um, I enjoyed seeing the Reds play in Cincinnati when me and when me and Dad went up there and see him play the Reds. Uh, was it Rizzo hit like a grand slam or no, something? No, uh, Baez hit a grand slam to Baez. beat the Reds. Uh, and, yeah. Yeah. Whoever the poor pitcher was hit hit Puig and Puig of course was running out there fighting everybody he could and <laughs> you know they had to get the straight jacket out for him or something I don't know he was going crazy but but yeah I I don't I don't hate the Cubs by any means but uh, and the Pirates. so Max do you, do you pay attention to the Cardinals I mean yeah I live in St Louis you know half the time and they're inescapable. Uh, they're everywhere. If you go to a restaurant, they're on TV. So yeah, of course I keep up with the Cardinals. I think it's just good baseball. As a fan, you just love the game, you know. And of course, you love the when the new guys pop up and the traditions keep going. And Ernie Banks, in my books, one of the greatest players ever lived. I'll never, and nobody ever says anything about Ernie, you know. Yeah, that's good times. Well, um, I tell you what, I have, can I go with another question, Vince? Sure. All right. They're talking about expansion. They're talking about bringing two new teams to Major League Baseball. Uh, and 
I mean, you can tell me who you think's going to get a team, but tell me who you, what cities would you like to get a team and why? Because um, this is going to be fun. You know, there's a lot of teams out there that's, I've heard 17 names that could be teams that get, uh, cities mm. that get new teams. Uh, who would y'all like to see get teams? Well, I'll start off. I'd like to see uh, either Nashville or Memphis get a team in that area. I really think mm. that area needs a pro team. And then maybe Oklahoma City or Salt Lake City. Um, that's just my personal opinion on it, you know, to kind of spread that out a little bit that way. Because I, I, there's no teams in that area. But that that's the four cities I'd like to see. I know you said two, but I'd, I'd either Nashville or Memphis for me for one in either Salt Lake City or Oklahoma City for the other. I think what would be a great city that they could expand to, because they have the the Toronto, uh, right, Toronto Blue Jays? Yeah. I'm not making sure I said that right. Uh, I think Mexico City could be a good expansion team, because, you know, we have a, we have a ton of, of Latin uh, baseball players from, you know, Dominican and, and all those, you know, Latin um, countries. I think Mexico would just absolutely love, you know, I think they could have a, a very sustaining fan base uh, and, and numbers just show up to their game. And uh, I think Salt Lake City would be good, too, because to my knowledge, I don't think they have literally any sports teams except BYU. And, uh, and you know, I don't I don't think they have like a soccer team or anything. So I told you. NBA. They do have. Oh, the, uh, I forgot yeah. about the Jazz. Yeah, I don't watch NBA yeah. <laughs> in case you haven't noticed. But uh, <clears throat> they could, it's a beautiful area too that would be a nice area well yeah. I'll, I'll i'll stay on the same uh thought as uh uh brody i've been saying for 20 years and i know things are going to have to change politically but they are changing politically the the best baseball hotbed where people are absolutely bananas about baseball savannah cuba and if Havana had a team bringing that Latin flavor, um, I think would be just a tremendous jolt into baseball. And I know it's not at a point politically where they're ready to have an expansion team there, but that's a place that I hope before I die, things change enough to where Havana gets a team. And I think that would be a tremendous watch. The second place I would like, I would like to see Montreal get a team back because those people supported the team in a terrible stadium with terrible ownership. They would have great talent and they would all have to be traded before uh, they hit free agency because they knew they weren't going to resign them. And Philippe Alou was the manager for so many years and he did such a great job mm -hmm. with that young talent telling them, you're not going to make, you're not going to retire here, but for your first six years, play your butt off for these fans because they'll love you. And they were always competitive. And in 94, they should have made the playoffs, but there were no playoffs. Uh, so I would just love to see them get a second chance and it done right this time. There you go. Uh, yeah, I like that. That's a, uh, I like that idea for, uh, yeah. There would be, would it be the Expos again? Would you give them the Expos? Same I moment. would like to see them be called the, uh, um, Montreal Cartmans, you know, for South Park. So. <laughs> <laughs> they always make fun of Canada on South Park. Oh, so. I didn't know that. How about uh or maybe how about Puerto Rico maybe? There's uh 
it's a you know u.s what territory so it's, yeah uh, i know you're talking about cuba it's in that area that direction i guess of sorts but uh how about oakland does oakland have a, a team or is it is there oh wow. they did in the 70s i know there's no fans 80s. there's no fans <laughs> uh how about san antonio uh texas oh. jj you've been there many times i uh I know it's they a growing city but it's, one, it's a large city sixth biggest city in the united states perhaps yeah, yeah. big baseball but that would give three texas three teams three. but they are scattered out you know sure. but yeah. a lot of san antonio people can go up to arlington and see a game but yeah it's far enough out it, mm -hmm. they could probably support a team i think and they got minor league baseball there too mm-hmm I also liked Ray uh, say you said Nashville, I believe. Yeah. Uh, well, how about Charlotte, uh, North Carolina? Oh, that's a growing area. Uh, possibly. Yeah. Uh, those would be places I've thought I thought of. But. Yeah, I mean those are all sound. Uh, my big ones were going to be uh, Memphis, uh, simply because you know. The American South doesn't have a ton of teams, especially in that region. You really only, I mean, that's mostly just Braves territory at this point. So, yeah. you know, they mm -hmm. use another team. Uh, Salt Lake City also. I love the idea of expanding, you know, somewhat internationally, like keeping it in kind of the uh, the North American hemisphere. But, mm -hmm. yeah, Mexico City team would be very cool. Puerto Rico is a great idea. You've got plenty of great Puerto Rican talent, such as uh, Correa and Baez. Uh, it would be a lot of fun. I think Molina, Molina also. Molina, yeah. <laughs> I, I, my idea was as well, and it's all been said, was uh, Mexico City. I think those fans would just light up. They would back that team. Uh, and then you would have the whole North America. You know, we all have it, you know, uh, we're all represented. And Montreal, because like uh, Vince said, I just don't think they got a fair shake. And that's a great traditional place. That's where... Jackie Robinson came up and was playing minor league baseball before mm. he went down to the Dodgers and uh, just a, so much history there. And I think that's a big area. And I think they would this time around, if they got a nice stadium. I think they'd support that, but if they're going to have a team, they got to have a retractable roof. You can't be in Montreal, mm. Canada with an open ball field. I think that's the only thing I would <laughs> ask for. <laughs> well, that was good, man. I, you guys, I like your ideas. We ought to run this. We should run the MLB. Oh, we will one day. <laughs> <laughs> for everybody uh who will win the national league central cardinals any reason why you say that uh you know, I, I know we were favored at the beginning and it, the the beginning was very rough for us, but I think that team's starting to gel. I do think we're going to acquire a pitcher. I was talking to JJ a couple days or about a week ago about this. There's a, there's a couple guys we're looking at and I, I just have a feeling we're going to put all the pieces together and we'll be there at the end. Cool. Uh, such a weak division. It's uh, I don't know. I, I don't you be bad mouth in the central. We knew the car. I mean, Cardinal fans, you knew going in to you know before the season even started, they needed pitching. They didn't the you know ownership didn't go and get pitching like they knew, knew they needed. So so now it's a much bigger challenge to uh, win the division than it should have been. Uh, I, they definitely have the the lineup, uh, batting lineup, you know, to do that. Um, if they get some pitching, I. Uh, I think they could could win it, but uh, it definitely shouldn't be as close as I think it should have been. 
uh, before the start of the year. Um, I'll, I'll say Cardinals, but not by not by much. I agree, Brandon. It's not going to be by much, but we'll pull it off. You know, I want to say the Cardinals because, of course, you know, being a Cardinals fan, I want them to win. But uh, you can't overlook the Brewers. You know, they they have, you know, great starting pitching like Corbin Burns and stuff. And, uh, you know, they're just a powerhouse of a team, you know. They, they, ain't, uh, they ain't somebody we should just, you know, easily forget about. I don't think the Pirates are going to win, you know, but <laughs> – Bless their heart, but uh, but I bless, think I bless their heart in the south. That means that that's a nice way of saying saying they ain't gonna do it, right? But uh, but I think the Brewers, you know, if the Cardinals, you know, I hope the Cardinals win, of course, but uh, I think the Brewers will at least give us a run for the money. They just if, shut out the Astros two games, right? You know, the the, mm-hmm. the former, the you know, last year's world champions, you know. So, you know, I, they're they're definitely a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> You know, I think it's whichever team just kind of buys more at the deadline. I mean, you've seen the Brewers make these weird kind of like lateral upgrades where like they get rid of Josh Hader, but, you know, they get, you know, a prospect back or like a, a platoon bat or something like that. I think if the Cardinals trade for Giolito, I think that's the most likely outcome. Um, don't quote me on that, but I think if they do that, they're probably going to pretty soundly win the Central. If the Cubs are hovering around 500, maybe they'll swing a trade or two, but I think it's still the Cardinals. Yeah, I got to go with the Cardinals uh, simply because I I don't like the Brewers offense and I love the Cardinals offense and the Cardinals uh, pitching problems can be fixed with one starter and then everything should fall into place. Uh, The Cubs have the starting pitching, um, but our big problem is the bullpen, and it's harder to fix a bullpen because we've got about three or four slots in the bullpen we need to replace, and that's very tough to do in the season. So I think you're looking at the Cardinals, and I think you're looking at uh, the Brewers, who will hang around toward, till the end, and I think then the uh, Cubs, uh, Pirates, and the Reds are going to bring up the rear. I'm saying Cardinals, but for one reason. I think it's our depth. We have about seven outfielders and four middle infielders. Oh, and if we can, it seems like we could adjust to some injuries. If we get some injuries, we could be okay. Our bullpen's already taken two big injuries, uh, Packy Naughton and Wilkin Rodriguez, who I thought was going to be a big star for the team this year. He he was a star in spring training, but he didn't make it to the regular season. I really look at the Cubs as a team that's on the upswing. I don't think it's this year. But I don't think it's going to be far off because you've got some good young guys coming up that's on the team now and in the minors. The Brewers, I just don't think they can handle many injuries. And they've already had a couple of guys that's on the 10-day IR. I'm sorry. I can't remember what it's called, though, the IR. And uh, I don't know how – I just don't know if in the long run they're going to be able to hang. And that's the reason I think we're going to win it just because of our depth. And that's it. But the way we've been running things, we'll find a way to keep it close. <laughs> you know, our coaches will. That's for sure. So that's my thought on that. Well, my final question for everybody is with, I know Ray said you like listening to it on the radio. Yeah. And uh, I know most of the Cardinal fan, uh, all of us guys that love the Cardinals are going to say two names. But I was going to ask you your favorite broadcast team. Who and you know, we're all going to say 
Buck and Shannon probably. But if there's a, another team, is there somebody you really enjoy uh, on TV or radio listening to the game and do the broadcast? Um, so I thought I was going to get your thoughts on that. Um, I, I can I can go. Um, currently, I'm not really. I don't really have like uh, somebody that I really like. Um, I I used to love uh, John Miller and Joe Morgan on right ESPN. There. They I still like hearing uh, Miller call. Uh, what is it? Giants. Uh, just hearing him when he calls calls games. But uh, of course, uh, Buck and Shannon. You know, growing up with hearing them on the radio, I, I miss that. Um, but. Uh, yeah, Miller Morgan on TV. They did uh, ESPN games. Uh, I really like that. Um, somebody I'm not a fan of is uh, John Rooney. You know, when he calling the Cardinals, <laughs> uh, I'm like not, not, a, not, oh. not, a, not a fan of him. Uh, okay. I couldn't stand Chris Berman. Not a fan of his or uh, back, back, or back, that back, back. Uh, or yeah or uh, that Mad Dog Russo when he does oh, the MLB well, TV. Yeah. Oh, I can't, think can't stand those guys. Can't stand the yelling and screaming and it's just uh, okay. over the top, but. <laughs> Those are my, my little thoughts on that. Ray, you got some? Oh, yeah. Well, my favorite, of course, JJ, you know, this is uh, Shannon and Buck all time. That's my all time favorite. Um, <laughs> I'm learning to tolerate uh, Chip Gray and uh, Jim Edmonds. But Chip Gray is fine. Jim Edmonds, I'm not a huge fan of. I liked him as a player. But You like Brad Thompson? He sits in there sometimes. Brad's fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay, too. And um, I also listen to. Uh, Oh, the guys from uh, the Royals. I think it's Rex Hudler and Ryan. Uh, Rex the Wonder Dog. You don't get no yeah. better, Rex. He's wild man. Yeah, yeah. I thought I, I, when I watched their, the Royals games, I like listening to Hudler. Of course, you know he's our our boy. Yeah, Rex <laughs> so, is super. Uh, uh, but yeah, that's you know, once again, you know, I'll listen to some of the the West Coast stuff, and the, the they're okay. They're just you know, if you're not used to listening to them all the time, I guess you don't really get a a, a feeling with them or whatever, like you do, you know, listening to the our hometown guys all the time. Yeah, I mean, uh, currently my favorite. But see, what becomes a doing of marquee is they're rolling out like a bunch of different broadcast teams. You never really know what you're gonna get. Uh, the only broadcast team I really enjoy right now is JD and Pat Hughes when they call games, which is. I don't know, maybe 10% of the time, unfortunately. <laughs> Not the biggest fan of Boog. Uh, he's too ESPN for me. And uh, I kind of, any game that's on national TV for the Cubs, I just, I can't stand the announcers half the time. Uh, whether it's, uh, same with Apple TV and Peacock. I, whoever does those broadcasts, not the biggest fan. So for me, it's just Pat Hughes and JD. Uh, Jim to say, Jim Deshays, for those who don't know. Uh, okay. Brody, do you even listen to the games on the radio? <laughs> uh, no, not really. Uh, I mean, I I enjoy Jim Edmonds, you know. You like it? I, I do. I think, well, you know, I, I didn't really get to experience, like, Mike Shannon and, and Jack Buck a whole lot. But, uh, but you know, I, I, I enjoy Edmonds, you know, now. I don't I don't think he's I, – he, I, he, I don't get annoyed by him, you know. I, I, I can listen to him, you know. Don't get annoyed by it. your bar is very low. You can tolerate yeah. in there. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you know you get those you get those announcers that you just like you know it, it'd almost be better if they if you just listen to the game you know turn the best on down. Yeah, if you just turn the sound down. 
That's why I'm a radio guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> of course, I've got to say Vince Lloyd and Lou Boudreau being I'm named after Vince Lloyd, um, even though I barely heard him when I was a kid because I lived in St. Louis and he did the radio side. So, uh, I, you know, that's just a little thing. It's, it's very difficult for me to pin this down. Um, I really liked Steve Stone and Harry Carey uh, before Harry went completely blind and senile. Um, Steve Stone, I still enjoy uh, watching White Sox games to see his insight. Uh, he's got a great voice. He's got a great understanding of the game. And uh, he started his career doing color with the Cubs with Harry Carey. And uh, I always enjoyed listening to them do the game. Um, for for not... Um, hold on. Someone's trying to interrupt me with a phone call. Um, for someone who... who for, for like um, other teams, I would sit up go to bed, sit up, go to bed. I would go to bed and have the Dodger game on just to listen to then Scully do by himself, just to listen to the stories and how effortless it was. And here he is in his 90s before he retired and he still sounded tremendous. Um, that was awesome. I mean, that was, it was like a bedtime story to me just to listen to him spin his stories while doing the game without missing a beat. Um, I also like, uh, um, uh, shoot, now, um, Dwayne Stats uh, from the Tampa Bay Rays um, yeah. for a couple of reasons. Uh, Dwayne Stats is a graduate of Wood River High, which so am I. And Dwayne Stats uh, is a beautiful cousin I dated whenever I was a teenager. So, hey, all right. Vince. <laughs> Dwayne Stats for the Rays. <laughs> Well, Buck and Shannon, I, I listen to, I like to be, uh, I like enthusiasm. Like every day, it's like seeing your old friends. I like to have them, uh, you know, be informative. Tell me about the game. Usually there's an ex-player in there who's giving you the insights to the game. And to be funny, to be charming. And Buck and Shannon, to me, checked all those boxes. But I put a couple other names down here, too. And I put John Miller and uh, Jordan Morgan on ESPN game, absolutely love Miller's call and Morgan talking about the game and them two together. It was so much fun. As a kid growing up, uh, I used to get excited when it got to be about two o'clock in the afternoon because it's we're only five hours away from the Cardinal game. But uh, the Cub game would be on and I would hear Steve Stone and Harry Carey. And it was like a party. You know, we'd have a triple play and Harry would be talking about, check out the kid in the sombrero, you know, and it would be so much fun. I just, uh, I, I, I'd wait. And, uh, you know, if you had to go to the bathroom, you wait until they went to a commercial and then you run in there and get back to hear Carrie and Stone doing the game. But not to be overlooked, Bob Euchre does a great job mm. with the Milwaukee uh, yes. Brewers. And rain delays used to be so much fun when you had Jack Buck, Mike Shannon, and Harry Carey during their long rain delay, just tell stories. It was just, it was something special that I wish everybody could get to hear because it was, it was a good time. Good time. Well, anyway, that's all my questions, Vince. I hit all four of mine. Yeah. I just want to tell a real quick story. Sure. This is when Steve Stone first joined the, uh, the booth with Harry. 
There's a game in Montreal. Nobody's there. And Jody Davis drove in six RBIs. Drove in six six runs. He had six RBIs. And they are talking about how great this was. And Steve's like, or Harry's like, I wonder who's got the most RBIs in a game for the Cubs. And they looked it up and it was Heine Zimmerman. And Harry said, yeah, Heine Zimmerman, isn't he known for like chasing home the winning run in the World Series? And Steve said, no, he's known for the man named Heine who has the most RBIs in a game. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, last question. Who on your team would you give up for Shoei Otani? You're going to the trade deadline, and you think Otani can put you over the edge. Who would you be willing to give up? Go ahead, Brandon. (laughs) Uh, Wow. Uh, Thinking about this here. There's a who, yeah, there's a. I give up a lot of players to, to get him. I know we got plenty of outfield depth, so I would give up a, I mean, a few a few outfielders. I I I I'm not saying you know give up BB Richards, you know. I mean, <laughs> who of your, of your echelon players would you like be a willing to give? Like top tier guy. Yeah, like top a, tier guys. Okay, like a Goldschmidt or an Arenado type of guy, or because uh, they're, they're, they're not going to they're not going to take it. Yeah. Well, yeah, right. They're they're not going to take uh, you know, uh bottom feeder, you know, that we got there. Um I don't know, uh Donovan, I'd trade him, I'd trade uh Newt Bar, even though it's he's buddies with Otani. Um uh let's see. Uh I wouldn't want to get rid of Nolan Gorman. I would uh want try to keep him, but if that was uh, you know, uh that was the guy they wanted for Otani, I would I would trade him also. Uh, as far as like a package deal, you're looking for just one specific guy or, or multiple players. Just, just of your better players, who would you be willing to give a package? Yeah. Just spitball okay. names, whatever. Yeah. All right. Look, uh, who's untouchable? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't get rid of Arenado or Goldschmidt, obviously. I mean, you get rid of them. It's kind of a, a wash, you know, giving up a great player for another great player. It doesn't really help your uh, team in much, I guess, as far as starting pitcher, because you're getting a, a good starter also with Otani. But, uh, yeah, uh, I wouldn't get rid of either one of those for sure. Just about everybody else I would consider uh, trading. I, I just the, – the two young players, because the Angels, I don't know. They're in the hunt right now, but they were going to be wanting to rebuild and around a, a bunch of young players. But the only two young players – I wouldn't want to give up would be uh, Jordan Walker and Nolan Gorman. Other than that, probably a four guy deal, you know, probably Libertor. They're going to want a pitcher. Grisafio. Uh, I would ask him if they'd be interested in taking Dakota Hudson. You interested in Hudson? <laughs> Here he is. <laughs> but I don't think they'll take him. <laughs> I give him clarity. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but they're probably going to win our four, our youngest players, and even maybe even a, oh, sure. a first round draft choice. You know, give mm-hmm. them a draft, some draft choices. That's what the NFL mm-hmm. does. Would you trade straight up Goldschmidt for Otani? No, I would not. I don't see how you could say no to that because you're going to get a player who's going to have more power. Believe it or not, he's going to have more power than than uh, 
uh, Goldschmidt, and then every fifth day he's going to be the ace of your your team. I so, see what you're saying, Vince, but I think there's a better way to get Otani than to have to give up somebody like a Goldschmidt or. Oh, I, I, you're probably right. I'm saying, who would you be willing to? Not what's feasible, what's doable. Who well, would you I, be willing to? Because, like, yeah. for me with the Cubs, I'm to a point where I, I've decided I will give up anybody for him. <laughs> um, for a a two way player who is a top five pitcher in the league and a top five hitter in the league, you're just not going to be able to find that player to plug in two holes that you might have in your team with, with one player and being he's in the history of baseball, he's, he's a unicorn. And sure. so, uh, you know, our best player, you know, uh, Ian Happ right now, maybe, uh, maybe Swanson. I, I, yeah, I'd be willing to give up anybody to get that kind of a talent if we can resign him, but I'm, you know, not looking for that. So that's, that's what I'm willing to do. What are you willing to do, Max? You're a Cubs fan. I know you're not going to give up Nico Horner, but. Uh, yeah, everyone except for Nico Horner. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I think no one's untouchable at this point. I mean, I would trade my own arm and leg if it meant resigning Otani for, you know, $10 million, you know, a year, obviously not $10 million, but $50 million, whatever it takes. Uh, Justin Steele, I guess, is probably the best player in the Cubs right now. I would totally do a one-for-one -one swap of Justin Steele for Shohei Otani. You're getting a slightly worse pitcher, but you're getting a you know an, an all-star caliber hitter. They can slot you know into DH every single day. Uh, heck, maybe you can trade him to play right field or something and increase his value even more. But yeah, I give up basically anything for him, except for Nico Horner, obviously. I think it's going to take four <laughs> players to get him. It's going to be like <laughs> Soto. I think Soto took five players to get him and they are only going to have him for, I think, three and a half years. And they, you know, they uh, gave out all their top prospects for him. Yeah. I, I put a package together just in my mind. I think Tyler O'Neill, uh, Libertor, and then uh, Mason Wynn from our, uh, Wynn. our, yeah. our minor league team would be about what I would give up to get Otani. And like I know Vince was saying, Otani's the unicorn. He's our, our generational Babe Ruth or whatever, but uh, man, it's going to take a lot to get him. And I would not get rid of Newbar because I think if Otani came to St. Louis, that relationship that they already have is just going to blossom even more and it's going to help our team progress. Kind of fun. Yeah. I don't even think of getting Otani, to be honest with you, Vince. It's just, it's a pipe dream. <laughs> Stuff like that don't happen for the Cardinals, you know. Hey, it's a pipe dream. I I agree, but man, I I like to think about it. God, it would be nice, <laughs> you know. As Cardinal fans, I don't know about you guys, but we we've kind of fallen in love with our stars. We don't yeah. want to see them go. We'll we'll keep them two years past their prime just to see them stay here. It, it's always and been like that. I mean, Lou Brock <laughs> there at the end. I mean, he had pigeons on his. Shoulders now, they didn't move, you know. And uh, it's it just the idea of getting rid of your odd ear. And when Albert left, I felt betrayed. Man, when Albert left the Cardinals, I was like, "What did we do wrong?" You know. There's there's a couple of pieces in history that that I remember in Cardinal history when they got rid of Simmons, it was get rid of Herzog. That. that 
you, you don't trade Simmons. And a year after trading Simmons, the, the, the next year, they won the World Series. Then he traded Hernandez for nothing, negative nothing. Um, but after trading Hernandez, they went to two more World Series. Um, I I do under because Cub fans they fall in love with their players too, like you know Banks, uh, Sandberg, uh, Milton Bradley. <laughs> so Bradley, that's that's a joke amongst <laughs> Cub fans, but we fall fall in love with uh, players too. But there there are times when you have to make the business decision above the uh, um, the heart. And if you would ask any Cardinal, would you rather have Cardinal fan? Would you rather have Ted Simmons back or to not win the 82 World Series? Win the 82 World Series. Would you rather have Hernandez back and you not be a playoff team for the rest of the 80s? Or would you rather go to two more World Series and come up short? Well, you'd rather go to two more World Series and come up short. So um, I like a general manager who at least has the gumption to say, I know this might not be popular, but it is right. And that's kind of what I see with, with Otani here. Um, I think manage, it's, it's, it's going to take general managers. If, if it's going to be the Cardinals or the Cubs or one of these teams that's really into their tradition, it's going to take a general manager to say, this is what's right for the team. And honestly, I Cardinals general manager wouldn't do that. It, I, I don't see the Cardinal, a Cardinal general, general manager trading off a a very good player in his prime because of the backlash of the fans. They always say, well, I don't really read the paper. Sure. They do. Sure. Oh, they yeah. Do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, uh -huh. you know, the cub from Hendry to the next, uh, um, to Hoyer to Carter Hawkins, they've proven and yeah, we'll get rid of anybody. And it, it hurts when you watch Rizzo and Brian and Baez and, and everybody else get traded away, but you know, then all of a sudden we got this great crop of young players that it's like, man, we've never had this kind of talent on the brink of making the majors. So uh, it's an it's an interesting question, uh, but yeah, I I know it's a pipe dream, but man, I I love to dream. So. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, on that note, I do want to thank our guest. Thank you, Brody. Big hand for Brody. Thank you, Brandon. Brandon, you, uh, Brandon. good seeing you, man. Good seeing you, Brandon. Good Ray. <laughs> Ray. Good seeing everybody. Big hand for Max. Max, hey, Max. Max. Right there. Nice meeting. We're going to do a panel. Nice We're going to try to make it a monthly deal. Um, so you'll be seeing different people asked to be on the panel. And if you are one of our listeners and you think, hey, that doesn't look so painful, you'd like to be on the panel. <laughs> Let JJ know. Let me know. Send an email to one card, one cup, one beer at gmail.com. Let us know. We'd be happy to put you on the panel. Thank you, gentlemen. JJ, you got anything else to add? Uh, one last thing on the announcers. I'm floating this out here for the Grizzlies in six years. Opera and Jackson, huh? Vince and JJ, hey. the Grizzly <laughs> announcers. It could happen. It could happen. Otani to the Cardinals and Opera and Jackson in the booth. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh you do a play-by-play or color i like to do the color okay i talk too slow to do play-by-play -play. Okay. all right well we'll both do both yeah all right
All right. Well, thank you, gentlemen. We appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Okay. Now we can open up our baseball cards. <laughs> All, right. All right. JJ, I have Dondrus, and I love this package of the pitcher. Uh, I love that class. It, I should yeah. make this into a coffee cup. I, I just love it so much. I think what are you opening up? I seen t-shirts with that exact front cover on the front of the t-shirt. Really? Is, yes, I have. Uh, Tony Pruno, who we went to his baseball room, he's got several shirts. and He might have that one, and he's got the one with the rookie trophy that's on the baseball cards. The little trophy that for the rookies. He's got a t-shirt with that on there, too, so that's pretty cool. cool. I, am, I am opening up 2022... C series two and it's got Vladdy Jr. on it on a home and away jersey right there. Is he any good? Uh they say he is. He's not All as right. hot as he's not as hot as Morel is. Who is? So I'll go ahead and go first. Sure. Wax packages. Oh yeah. Oh, and remember how I was opening up that series that had the puzzles of uh Oh, a stand, um, yeah, stand the man. Well, this one has uh, Carl Yastrzemski. Oh, yes. Um, for those of you who don't know, that is uh, Mike Yastrzemski's uh, uh, grandfather, actually. Won the triple crown in '67. Oh yeah, see, I I got the stats piece, and it says oh, right. uh, only American leaguer to reach both 3,000 hits and 400 home runs. Um, at the time. At the time, uh, he was elected to the Hall of Fame in his first year of eligibility. Is he, he was the last at this time, last major leaguer to win the Triple Crown and MVP award um, in 1967. So, and now Miguel Cabrera has won the Triple Crown since then. Yeah. Oh, Diamond Kings, very good pitcher for the Expos, Bryn Smith, oh, pitch yeah. for the Cardinals too. Friends with Giddy Lee from Rush. Right, yeah, friends with Getty Lee, very good. Uh, good fourth outfielder for the Tigers, Tracy Jones. I remember Tracy Jones, yes. Rookie of the year, Delino DeShields, who played for the Cubs. Did he did he play for the Cardinals at one time too? I think so. I think I think he did. I think a brief um, time at the end of his career, I believe. Yeah, well. I said rookie of the year, rated rookie, and he had a he had a really good uh really good season. He would wear the uh socks up to his knees. Um, and that was a tribute to uh the Negro League players who who always wore their uh socks real high. So uh yeah, he's a really good guy. Well, here was a good uh pretty good pitcher, Dave Schmidt for the Orioles. Oh yeah. Yes. Uh ba -ba -ba -ba. uh yeah, you know, he, Solid ERA uh, reliever. Yeah. Uh, Carlos Martinez from the White Sox. One of many guys named Carlos Martinez. Who has yeah, played a lot Major of League Carlos Martinez's. Is... Yeah, very common name. Uh, Alan Anderson, who once won an ERA title with the Twins. I did not know that. Yeah, no, so I... let me see if I can find it on here. In 1988, his ERA was 2.45 to lead the league. And he pitched 202 innings, gave up 199 hits, and he was 16-9 that year. 
Last rookie to win 20 games, Tom Browning for the Reds. Darn. Yep. And he, even though he won 20 games, he finished second in the rookie of the year that year. To whom? Yeah, to whom? What Vince Coleman. That? Vince Coleman. Ah, oh, yeah. I should have known that. Guy who should be in the Hall of Fame, Kurt Schilling. Yeah, I agree. Oh, and I remember Jay Howell getting thrown out of a playoff game in about 1988 against the Mets because uh, he had substance or something. And uh, Davey Johnson went out to the umpire and said, check him. They threw him out of the game. <laughs> Gary Sheffield. Oh, yeah. Fastest bat. They always talked about his bat speed. World Series hero, Mark Lemke. Oh, God, man, he's tough. Oh, one of my favorite players of all time, John. I am not a crook. <laughs> I love crook. He just enjoyed himself out there. Two favorite crook stories. Okay. He had testicular cancer, and so he had a testicle removed. And he showed up the next year in spring training that said, if I don't get to play this game, I'm going to take my ball and go home, which <laughs> I thought was funny. Another time, he was smoking in the runway where – fans could see down there and this lady said i can't believe you're smoking being you're an athlete he said lady i'm not an athlete i'm a ball player <laughs> oh renee gonzalez i don't remember him do you no i do not remember him was he in the wwf renee gonzalez yeah i think so <laughs> the high flying finally a hall of famer kirby puckett kirby puckett oh yeah Mets catcher, Mackie Sasser. I remember Mackie. Yeah. He, he, on a foul ball, he ran as fast as he could, caught the ball, slid, and uh, caught John Tudor's leg between him and the that's, bench. Broke his leg. That's right. Broke his leg, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then we got Jeff Paterik. I don't remember him. No, don't know him. Oh. Former Cardinal who had some nasty stuff, Jose De Leon. Yes, hard. They didn't get no run support. He pitched so yeah. good one year and he got no run support. Yeah, that, that seemed to be his career. He Man, he had trouble getting run support. Pittsburgh uh, real, really Louis. good stuff, though. Yeah, I always enjoyed him. Well, the 2022 Series 2, you see a lot of, in the Series 2, you see if guys get traded, sometimes they end up on the other team, so they update the cards. Uh, this is a Boston Red Sox, Christian Arroyo. I love this card. He's running around the bases, pumping his fist in the air. That's kind of cool. That's right cool. There. Yeah, that's a cool one. Uh, a very rich guy you may have heard of. This is back when he, in his Dodgers days, Trey Turner. Ah. Yeah, there's old Trey right there coming in for a ball, about to throw a guy out at first. Uh, a pitcher, a very underrated pitcher. I like this guy. Uh, we always talk about the Brewers pitching staff, but Adrian Hauser, who just shut out the Astros. This yeah, he, he had a heck of a game yesterday, didn't he? Yes, he did. Very good. Very good. Uh, I have to say, if he was on our staff, he'd probably be the ace, and he's their number four, probably. That's yeah. How good, that's how good they are. Time uh, out real quick. Sure. Okay. It's no secret Max's favorite baseball player is Nico Horner. Okay. okay. 
and Max is going to be out on our panel coming up here in a sec. Or was on our panel, excuse me. We record these out of sequence sometimes, so the secret's but, out uh, now. Nico just hit a home run, and before on my screen here, before the ball went out, Max had already texted me, Nico. Ah, so. uh, there he is. He's on it. He's on it. Oh, that's cool. I'm happy for him. Well, uh, future stars. They have future stars and uh, Kiebert Ruiz. And it looks like the Nationals, Washington Nationals. Don't know him. He may be a big star one day, but I've never heard of him. All right. Let's see. who. Oh, this is a guy you may have known. A different uniform, but a, a, a name everyone knows. Darby Swanson. Ah, hey, hey, hey. there he is. Been a big part of your team this year, too. Oh, he's been excellent. I think, I think he's brought that winning culture from Atlanta, you know, and just been a good leader for the team. Yeah. I tell you what, this guy, talk about leaders. This guy is a leader wherever he goes. George Springer from the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah. Of course, I always think of him as a Houston Astro. Probably after he retires, that's who I'll remember him as, as a Houston Astro. Yeah, he's playing right these days oh well he hurt himself right, in the playoffs yeah. last year maybe yeah. he's still not 100 percent uh i don't think his numbers are as good as they usually are but he's probably playing you know not at full play uh i, I don't know this guy ryan O'Hearn from the R royals but i don't know a whole lot of royals players to be honest with you these days yeah i've, I've seen him a few times um he, he's like every other player on the Royals right now, except for Salvador Perez. You know, there's just a bunch of guys right now. Bobby well, Witt Jr. Bobby Witt Jr., Salvador Perez, Brad Keller's a decent pitcher, and then it's just a bunch of guys. I love the nickname, Vinny Pas Pasquatch. They call him the Pasquatch. Yeah. And, and they have the, the, the Bigfoot walking on top of the scoreboard out there. I love that. That is That's pretty cool nickname right there. A guy who had the first half of his career was incredible, World Series and everything, but Steven Strasburg. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, he, he, a lot of injuries. Uh, played at San Diego State for Tony Gwynn. Was one of Tony Gwynn's players in college. Put him on the mound and he's great, but you just can't keep him healthy. No, can't keep him healthy, you know. Uh, Dodger. The Dodgers come up with these young guys. Austin Barnes. Yeah. I don't know a whole lot about him, but they just keep coming up. They just had a pitcher come up yesterday and pitch for him, and he looks like a million bucks already. Oh, they have old style cards, like they throw one pack, one card in a pack that looks like an old card. And I like this. And of course, it's Otani with the Angels right there. Yeah. Very nice card. I remember I, I like that. that. That might be 85. I don't know what year that is, but I remember that year that those cards were. More prominent. Uh, still with the Astros at the time, Carlos Correa. Little did we know what was going to happen on the offseason right there. But uh, there he is with the Astros. Yeah, I'm glad we got Swanson. <laughs> yes, yes. Looking back, it turned out very well. Uh, this kid here for uh, Texas is having a really good year. And this kid I didn't know much about, but Nathaniel Lowe. I think he's one of the guys, besides the free agents they brought over, that's really took the Rangers. They're running neck and neck with the Astros this year. Uh, this guy was a ball, uh, Jonathan Scope. You remember him? Oh, yeah. he's He's been around. Been yeah, a good Baltimore player Orioles. 
Yeah, there he is with the Tigers. And my last, um, uh, my last uh, card is a Tampa Bay player, Kevin Kermeyer. Ah, yeah, yeah, very good defensive player right there. And that's it for me. That's my pack of 2022s. Very good. Well, next week uh, we will uh, be doing down on the farm and uh, concerning uh, the, what do we call it? Uh, trivia. We, we Because of not recording in two weeks, we won't be doing the trivia uh, this month or for the month of June. We, we, we will still have down on the farm next week and then we'll resume with our normal stuff. Um, I hope you enjoyed the panel. Um, it's something we're trying to make a, a monthly uh, showcase out of, not monthly, but uh, semi-regular. And if you'd like to be a guest on the panel, by all means, yeah. let us know. We'll put you on. Pull up a chair. And uh, we need good looking people because it's me and JJ most of the time. That's why we have Max and Brody on a lot because they, right. they bring in the chicks. Yeah. So, and we, and we chase them away. Yeah. We chase them away. Ooh, we're the creepy old men. So, all right. Well, JJ, you have a good week. Good luck to the Cardinals. Maybe next week when we're on here, both of us will win six and zero for the week. And, I love it. And just ready to, to make it a two-team race and kick the blue brewers to the in the in the pirates to the back of the standings oh, with the yeah, reds. Back there. That's right. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot.